Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Welcome to Military Network Radio. We are so glad that you're here with us today. We have a very interesting and thought-provoking show for you today. We have Justin Constantine is with me as co-host today, and we are including Bob DiGiacomo, who is going to talk a bit about time as a commodity and whether you live your life or accept your life. And we're going to ask a lot of questions. We're going to talk about his service. And we're going to talk about leadership and service. Mostly also how we can live a life of greater significance if we take charge of the one thing we absolutely have no control over, and that's our time. So, Bob, I would like you to talk about your background, but first let me welcome you to Military Network Radio. Well, thank you very much. I'm pleased and I'm honored to be here with you guys today. Well, you're very, very kind. Um, When we were talking earlier about what to talk about, uh, Bob has a plethora of topics we could cover uh, in about a series of six shows. But we took it down to one thing that I think a lot of us manage very poorly, and that's our time, whether that is a factor of social media, our schedules, not taking control of them, letting bits of time slip through our fingers. But it's very interesting how... If you pay attention to it, and Bob will talk about these things, he will bring to light some things that make you perhaps change your habits or take a look at them and live life a little more intentionally. So, Bob, could you start off with by talking about the bullet point? I'll give it to you as a bullet point. Borrowed money can be paid back, but can you say the same about borrowed time? Well, thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm certainly going to dive into that. And, you know, because we have a lot of military, prior military people that will be listening to this, are listening to this, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to come out with a, uh, an operation because all military people understand operations. And we're going to call this Operation FLY, F-L-Y. And that's an acronym that stands for First Lead Yourself. Hmm. And and part of that is that I'm going to actually also ask everyone as they're listening to this and afterwards, using that time that, that we're going to be speaking to today, to L-E-A-N, lean. First, the L, listen. The E, engage. The A, to amplify. And the N is do it now. And, you know, time time is a funny thing. Time is a really funny thing. It keeps marching on whether we do or not. And, and all too often, you know, I go back to my, uh, to my earlier days, and I, I have no bones about letting everybody know on this call that I'm about 61 and a half years young. <laughs> and, and that goes back to a song. Some of you may remember this. Of course, I'm dating myself again by the birds. It was called My Back Pages. And the the classic line in that song was, I was so much older then, I'm younger than that now. Mm-hmm. And and this is where time is going to come into a, to a facet here. You know, I've, I've watched the movie many, many times, and, and I actually read the book years ago in school, and it was called On Borrowed Time. 
And for those of you that don't know that, that was a story about when death came knocking at the door, but this individual was able to put that off for a while. But unfortunately, the rest of society kept going on. And then maybe some, some of you are familiar with that famous movie, which was redone just a few years ago by H.G. Wells, and it was called The Time Machine. And it was the ability to go backwards and forwards in time. But the only problem with that was that, again, everything around you changed, even though you did not. And, and time, time is a big commodity in our existence. It, it has a beginning. It has an ending. Um, Time in our universe has a beginning, but it has no ending. And so if, if we um, take that hourglass, and I'm sure everybody is familiar with an hourglass, the sands of time continue to run. And I don't know about you guys, but I know we all have 168 hours in a week, and it's how we handle that week. And the beautiful thing about that is that that 168 hours gets to reset itself every week. So the, the expression of I'll do it tomorrow, as in the Scarlett O'Hara syndrome, I like to call it the Scarlett O'Hara syndrome from Gone with the Wind. I can't think about today. I'll, I'll worry about that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well. No, we gotta we gotta deal with it today. We've got to deal with it now. We have to be intentional about what we do. Now, Bob, I've got a question for you. You your military service obviously made you very aware of being both intentional, mission and goal oriented. And how would you say that prior service, military service, and maybe you could tell us a little bit about your background in military service, helps you now to understand the value of time. Well, I'm going to take it, if I may, even a, f- a few steps back from there, because I, I okay. think that I think this really goes back to the days when I was in Boy Scouting. And um, Boy Scouting was a preparation phase for me. And I actually was able to with a sufficient amount of time, rise to the rank of Eagle Scout. And Good for you. Well, 1%. 1% mm-hmm. of all the Boy Scouts uh, achieved that. But what that was doing was that was helping me. I didn't realize it back then, but it was helping me to, to grow in a servant's mentality, mm-hmm. not a slave mentality. There's, there's a big difference between servant and slave. Um, so that servant mentality, and then I evolved into the military. I, I took uh, ROTC in college. I actually go back to the days of, of Vietnam, and um, I had a low number, but the draft ended. So in, in that regard, things in my life changed. And so when I went to college, because I still had that serving mentality, I took ROTC and I got my commission in the Army Infantry. Um, went on to paratrooper school, went on to pathfinder school and uh, other courses as well. But all during the, the, the phases and aspects of my military career, especially when I was in special operations, I really had a servant's heart. We, um, we would go into various, various locations and it was about wanting to help other, other people. And just to augment that, one of the things that we have just recently done in the John Maxwell program that I'm involved in is that we went into Guatemala 
And it was a rebirth, a rekindling of my servant's heart when we went into Guatemala and helped about 20,000 people in a week. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. So a servant's heart is, is where I'm at. Don't you think most people in service have an aspect of that to a varying degree? I think it's a rare person, Justin, I can you, have you answered this as well, but I think people who serve do so with, with very good intentions and very good practice as well. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead first, and then Justin, if, if you want to tap in on that. We serve because we, we serve, mm-hmm. and, and uh, we serve proudly. And actually, I was watching one of the news shows last night, and this individual say, said the exact same thing. The calling, the calling to mm-hmm. serve is where they were at, and all they want to be able to do is to go out and do what they were called to do. And you, you can't ask for a, a bigger heart than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think a, yeah, I think a lot of people um, want to serve in some capacity. I mean, an obvious example, especially here today, is in the military, but it could be in any other sort of civic service. It could be in your community groups or the nonprofits. I think it's probably fair to say that the majority of people enjoy serving in some capacity. Which um, gets into my question for you is when you talk about an intentional life, what do you mean by that? Well, intentional life is is something where, you know, people normally have good intentions. But you have to take it to the next level, which is actually intentional living. We we have streets paved with good intentions but unless they're acted upon they, they they will never be fully realized and you know um i learned i learned years ago uh, a statement was said to me where do you find the most non-fulfilled dreams and the and the answer to that was the cemetery because all too often people don't act upon their good intentions to bring it to intentional living. Bob, may I take the only joke I've ever been able to tell because I have joke deficit disorder that follows along there. I'm not joking about that, by the way. I have JDD, I do. Um, But Justin, this always brought it home to me. There are five frogs on a log. Four decide to jump off. How many are left? Well, if all four, four jump off, there's one left. No, they just decided to jump off. Right. So right. That they're all five are on the log. Yeah. So I use that as an illustration to say about intentional living because I think it's very funny. The answer is always what you say, and I didn't mean to put you on the spot. But that's the difference between intentions and doing. And so often we put things off. I, I love how when you start an exercise regimen and you get off track, for example, and you decide you'll wait till Monday to start it again. Well, why? Why do we do that? We could start it today. We could start it tomorrow. It's same thing with diets and anything else. So if I could jump in here with the intentional living, to me, it's saying I, I'm, I recognize I wasn't intentional. I'm going to go back to it. And I'm not going to miss out on things that I had made a commitment to do, not just decided to do, but made a commitment. 
Bob, we have about 30 seconds. Would you like to add? Well, you know, there's a good reason why that drill sergeant is in front of the troops leading everyone in those calisthenics, because he doesn't allow them to get off intention. Ah, makes sense? Well, it makes sense to me. Uh, you know, I'm waiting it's all... for Justin for it to make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to think about that during our break. I'll, He's still I'll... working on the frog. <laughs> We're going to take a short break right now, and you're listening to Military Network Radio, and we will be right back. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success, more stability, more happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smart strategies and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We are talking with Bob DiGiacomo about a a number of things, but mostly we left off at the last break with intentional living. And Justin had a further question while we were talking on break. He wants to delve down into this to make sure we all do understand what living intentionally looks like, feels like, and accomplishes. Justin? Yeah, thanks, Linda. Bob, I just want to make sure that we all, we're all on the same page and um, understand exactly what the term intentional living is and, and why it's important and how people can benefit from it. And, you know, that's, that's great because that's, that's one of the most important things that we can really discuss. And I, I just want to go back to the word commitment. And, and intentionality and commitment do go hand in hand. And I think of the famous line that came out of the movie 1776. It was a line that John Adams uh, stated. And in actual fact, historically actually did this, make this statement. There are only two creatures of value on the face of the earth. Those with the commitment and those who require the commitment of others. And so when we, when we speak of intentional living, 
where I'm going with that and where, where John Maxwell has been going with that, uh, in fact, his last book, his uh, 83rd book, if I'm not mistaken, is about intentional living. And I'm not really here to promote his book, but I am actually here to talk about intentional living. And it really starts with each individual's best story. You've got to put yourself back into your story. All, all too often, we take ourselves out of the picture. And one thing I've learned for certain about uh, through my leadership training, etc., is that you've got to be in the picture. And it's very difficult to be in the picture when you're in the frame. You, you've got to be right in the middle of that. We, we tend to struggle with that. We tend to remove ourselves from being the hero of our own story. And one of the best places to start to turn your life around is by doing whatever appears on that mental I should list. And I can hear my daughter most of all right now going, yeah, dad, but, but dad, you know, always, always putting a butt in the way. And sometimes you got to get your butt out of the way. Yeah. The, 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 the number one catalyst for change is action. But mm-hmm. whose, whose action am I referring to? I'm referring to your action, each individual's action. That's, that's why I started out with Operation Fly, and that's why I've asked everyone to L-E-A-N. You know, there's, there's four s- real benefits with intentional action. The first one is that you're going to reaffirm your values, um, and, and this is a permanent priority. Secondly, you're going to find your voice. Your confidence to speak out in front of others on what you believe because it it develops your moral authority. Thirdly, you're going to develop your character. All too often, too many of us are passive, allowing others to influence us. Now, active, intentional people maintain that, that character and they grow and develop as a result. And lastly, you're going to experience inner fulfillment. Now, I don't want this to sound like pie in the sky, but you know what? Contentment comes from this intentional growth. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have to add that, that of all the billions of people that are on this planet, there's only one of the each of us. And we want to basically evolve so that we can go out and make a difference to doing something that makes a difference working with other people who want to make a difference and then be able to do it at the right time that will make that difference. And, and that's where intentionality starts to evolve. So is there a process that you recommend for people to follow in identifying uh, what, their, what their intentions are? I mean, everyone, people are very busy. People, I think, find that um, if they don't pay attention, a year or two could go by and they're just been living their lives but not paying attention to what's going on around them. And how, how can we get out of that rut? Well, I guess you, you, you must be referring to me. <laughs> or me. <laughs> because, because, you know, I, I know how you feel, and I used to feel the same way too. And, and fortunately, I did get involved in this um, John Maxwell team, which has sort of helped me to change a little bit. Sure. But again, again, going back to my serving heart – I'm going to ask everybody every day to to write down something about their story. I want I, I want everyone to take a few seconds and write down a win 
that they've had that day. You know, there's there's a book out there called uh, The Greatest Story Ever Told. And when you open up that book, it's all blank. Right. And And the deal is that each of us has a great story to tell and and um again going going back in history to all these great quotes that i've learned because i i was a history teacher in in a former life um ben franklin basically said that most people die at the age of 20 and they wait another 40 years for the body to catch up um we've got to have a wake-up call here i I, I hate watching these TV shows about all these zombies walking around. You know, I've got to bring in here, Justin, to illustrate this best. There is no way you would have been able to be asked to deliver a TED Talk last Saturday, which is such a huge honor and accomplishment, if you hadn't lived intentionally taking all the steps necessary to journey from service through your injury, recovery, etc., and coming out on the other side growing all the while. I mean, you are a walking example. Well, I, I, I really appreciate that, Linda. And, and you know, my TED Talk was about, it's called You're Stronger Than You Think You Are. So is my story and a couple other people's stories as well mm-hmm. who have uh, persevered through, through trauma. But, you know, my, my story is maybe a little bit different than other folks where I was so close to dying and had so many wonderful people around me. So I have taken the time to lay out my life goals and and steps it'll take to reach them because I know it could all go away in an instant. But for instance, later today, I'm up in New York City. I'm going to go get on the subway and, you know, run some errands and stuff. I'm going to probably walk by 500 people. And I just wonder, as they have their heads down and going about their daily lives, what motivates people to to turn to a life of intentional living and realize, you know what, I need to take advantage of my time here and and do great things because we all can. You're right, but it starts with the first leading yourself. Yeah. It starts with finding a reason to do that, and it's very, very important. I think to answer your question about New York, if I may interject here, I think it goes back down to many people simply accept their lives rather than living them. They are not living up to their potential. And I think that's a sad thing. Um, As you walk by those 500 people, I'm hoping that the majority of them are thinking that life is more valuable, especially after the events of last weekend. So that's a good question. Bob, would you like to take that? Well, first, um, let, let me jump back again because I am remiss. And, sir, I want to thank you for your service. Oh, that's okay, Bob. <laughs> you, you don't need to thank me. You've done just as much as I have. And, you know, that's that's part of our intentionality. The thing about it is, is when, you know, every Veterans Day, I'm thanking the veterans. And, of course, other people who know that, you know, I've been in the service, they say, well, thank you for your service. And And I sort of get a humbling attitude, almost to the point of embarrassment. And I say, well, you know what? Thank you. But it's not about me. Yeah. It's about all these other guys, yeah. And and um, it 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 brings me it brings me to a story. And, and you're over there in New York. And by the way, I I am a fellow New Yorker. I grew up on Long Island. And you have you have to pronounce <laughs> it. You have to pronounce it that way, Long Island. Okay. Um, and and you know that there's no pizza like New York pizza, and there's no Chinese food like New York Chinese food. But that's that's for that's for another show. Um, 
We all have days and you know we have those hidden talents and treasures that, that are in us waiting for that key moment that's going to come out. And I, I'm hearing what you're saying about riding the subway and everybody's got their heads down and uh, – Here's what I learned to do, and I'm over here in Bermuda, and, and Linda, I didn't want to, I didn't want to take that. I steep. knew you were going to put that in there. Well, I, yeah, I'm over here in Bermuda, and the subway doesn't quite get out here, so it's, it's a long swim. But but the one thing that I have learned from everyone communicates, but few connect, True. is that it starts with a warm handshake, a smile, and a hello, and. What I've made a habit of doing – see, when I first came to Bermuda 38 years ago, everybody said hello to everybody. Mm-hmm. And then Bermuda began to modernize and come into the 20th, 21st century just like New York. And then all of a sudden people were so busy being busy that they forgot to say hello and, and the like. So I've made it a habit that when I'm out there on the streets of Bermuda, I will say hello to at least – 10 people a day and get a smile out of them. Now, it may or may not make their day, but it's made my day mm-hmm. because, because I went out there intentionally to do that as opposed to, well, I'm sitting in the house today. What am I going to do? So I, I just want to very quickly, Linda, if I may, because you know, defining moments, you never know when you're going to be called by the coach. Mm-hmm. To come off the bench and get into that game of life because the outcomes of a lot of things are going to depend on that. And I, I realize that uh, you know, we're still a couple of months away, but every January is, is the anniversary of uh, an airplane that went down in Washington. I don't know if you remember. Air Florida uh, went down in a snowstorm back in yeah. the 80s. In the Potomac, right. In, in the Potomac. And, and, of course, the pilots had good intentions when they took off with snow all over the airplane and, and uh, freezing conditions. They had good intentions. But they were not doing what they were supposed to be doing intentionally because they allowed, they allowed their training to overcome what they were supposed to do. Now, after that plane went down, and again, going back to you never know when you're going to be called, out of, out of nowhere – a guy by the name of Lenny Skutnik comes running into the into the screen on the TV, jumping into the icy water mm-hmm. and trying to save as many people as he as he could. Now, mm-hmm. good intentions would have said, I'm on that sideline watching what's going on, but intentionally was when he jumped in the water. I, I can picture that. That was on the news every night. And it was it was very moving um, the the way people do run toward trouble, uh, especially the military tend to do that constantly. And acts of bravery happen. We would all hope that we would do it that way. I would love to continue with this as we go forward. We're going to have a short break now. You're listening to Military Network Radio, and we are talking about service and leadership and leaning in. And we will go on break, and we'll be right back. Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages.
This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. With Thanksgiving upon us, Weight Watchers offers tips so you can enjoy the holiday without guilt and without a feeling as though you're competing with the turkey in the stuffed steaks. You can enjoy the celebration and still not fall off your healthy eating plan. If you are currently working towards losing weight, remember that Thanksgiving is just one day, not a week long. They recommend that number one, you decide how much of your favorite food will satisfy you. Number two, select once a year foods. Number three, just say no when you're pressured by others to take seconds or thirds and stop when you're full. Number four, remember that all foods have benefits. And finally, number five, broaden your focus. Thanksgiving is not just about delicious food. It's about being with the people you love and being thankful for this great country that we live in. I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We continue our discussion, and we are going to talk about a very defining moment that many people know the story, but I think it's a great illustration of taking action intentionally. Bob, can you talk to us about the message to Garcia? Yes, I can, um, and and thank you. And and clearly, clearly, you know, we're getting into this aspect here about change. And the one thing I, I do want to point out before I speak to this message uh, to Garcia is that the only people who really accept change are the people who had the idea that change needs to happen. And it's always having to try to convince everyone else that change does need to to happen but the message to garcia is really a great message and again it's it's a true story and it goes back to the uh last century actually two centuries uh, back mm-hmm. to 18 1898 during the spanish-american war and um you know back then everything was bigger than it is today and so here we have the island of Cuba, and there, there were no satellites and there were no airplanes to speak of. Um, so Cuba was a pretty big place, and it had a very dense jungle. And the uh, president needed to get a message to Garcia. Garcia was the, the leader of the guerrillas, so to speak, that were going to be instrumental in helping to bring about a victory uh, for the United States in the Spanish-American War. Well, everybody had excuses when it was 
we need to get a message to Garcia. Well, where is he? How do we go about finding him? Um, when should we go? You could come up with dozens of excuses. Well, a guy by the name of Lieutenant Rowan was called upon, and he reported to the president, and the president simply said, I need to get a message to Garcia. And Lieutenant Rowan put his hand out and took the paper from the president, saluted, and off he went. Four days later, he was in Cuba. Three weeks later, he was seen coming out the other side of the dense jungle, and he was able to successfully report, I've gotten this message to Garcia, and here is the answer. And, you know, where we go with that in today's society is that, and, and this happens at, at the jobs, this happens everywhere, you know, uh, that's not my job, well, why isn't so-and-so doing this? Um, what's the hurry? Now, I think you get the point from this is that there are times you just have to be intentional and put it into effect. Just go out and do it because, again, you're, you're writing your story. Yeah, I think you're right because there's so there once you lay out what you want your goals to be or or your life goals or maybe it's your one year or five year or ten years you realize okay there's so much that um, out there I want to do and I'm the one who is going to have to make it happen. Uh, of course, you're going to lean on other folks and, and leverage relationships and stuff like that, but you have to be the one to pick up the phone call, pick up the phone, make a call, send an email, have a meeting, get things going. And that, that is part of change. And, and we have to understand that change is going on all around us. Change is a good thing. Uh, we have to embrace it. And it's, I think it's, a, it's a, a mental paradigm shift that people have to be comfortable with. You know, Justin, I think that people are more amenable to change when they realize, wait, I haven't been changing or I've done things the same way for so long. I think that there are so many distractions in today's life that once they think about it, it it becomes very obvious. But it isn't on the tip of everyone's tongue, that's for sure. And sometimes perceived change is perceived as scary or the unknown or there's fear, but people talk about motivation if you wait to be motivated good luck with that but if you take action you tend to feel a sense of accomplishment from having taken that action so doing it now you know really makes sense bob would you like to expand on that well i'm glad you said do it now because uh, having listened to john back uh, in the beginning of october when he did a uh, a leader cast he basically said that he learned because he had no plan for his life. Interestingly enough, the number one leadership expert on this planet had no plan for his life. But he learned to say, do it now, do it now, do it now, 50 times when he woke up and 50 times before he went to bed. And, you know, we are talking about change. And I, and I do just want to point this out. Probably, you know, with good intentions, I, we've been putting out a lot of information, and and maybe um, being a paratrooper, I'm I'm up at jump level here. So by the time we get to the end of this call, I think it you know will land, do a great PLF parachute landing, fall successfully, and and I'd <laughs> like I'd like to uh, well I broke my leg once. Um, we're not doing that today. No, let's not do that today. So, so I do want to end when we do end this this uh, program with a couple of. Basic down to earth, what can I personally do that's going to help me to 
get onto that intentional living as opposed to uh, just being intentional. Um, we're still talking about change, and one of the things that I was reminded about, and I, I know you know what a gauntlet is. Oh yes. But back in the early days of uh, of the United States, before they were actually even the United States, um, some of the local population would go out and capture some of the settlers. And of course, they were very scared. And what would happen was is that the local population would line up in two lines and they would have their, their sticks, their stones, their knives, etc. And they would run these people back and forth through this gauntlet. Now, one of the things that the, the settlers look forward to was that they were told by the local population – I'm just being politically correct here. They were told by the local population that they would be set free. And of course, you let your guard down. And you go through the gauntlet, and then they, they let you loose. But really their intention was, well, they're going to go out and capture you again and just continue to put you through the gauntlet. That was their entertainment. So where I'm, where I'm going with that with regard to changes, we seem to be very comfortable in our uncomfortableness running that gauntlet each and every day and allowing it to recapture us. So – where where we're going with this is that yes, change is, is dependent upon each and every one of us. I'm I'm even going to throw in a, a word in there, passion. What is your passion? And if you don't have any passion, you need to change. I, I, I want to encourage everyone who's listening today to go look in the mirror. I want you to look in the mirror as if you're a little pussycat. But in that mirror, in that reflection, is coming, is coming back at you is, is that ferocious tiger that's looking back at you. And, and that's where intentionality starts to take a foothold. So people have to figure out what it is they truly care about and why they think they're here and, and how they want to lead their lives. I, I, would, I would agree with that. And, and yeah. you know, I would encourage – I would encourage people to get into small groups and, and perhaps ask a few of these questions and, and let some of the answers evolve naturally. I think one of the biggest things that you're bringing up is that I think we live in a very isolationist world. We may go to work alone. We may work um, from home remotely so we're not working with a team of people anymore. The service is about working as a team. And when you are not working in a team environment anymore or you are a living alone for example it's very difficult to have those conversations so you make a very good point about having conversations with people um, writing down things at the end of the day that you've accomplished thinking about what does make a difference in your life and I, I think oftentimes it does take a tragedy or an event that makes you say you know I need to prioritize my life and as you get older, I have found um, Bonnie Raitt had a, an excellent song, Time Seems So Much More Precious When You Have Less of It to Waste. And I think that's very true. So intentionally living and changing, either uh, some people love to grow, I'm one of them, and some people are less apt to do so. But I think everyone has the potential to grow. Wouldn't you agree, Bob? Everyone does have the potential. And, you know, without getting very deep into religion, we were all put here with a purpose, and 
that purpose will show itself. It will reveal itself if we allow ourselves to be open enough. And that's why I mentioned that book of blank pages. Mm-hmm. Because the greatest story is yet to be told. And um, where where are all the the dreams that have never happened? Hap- uh, where where are they? And you'll find them. You'll find them. Uh, I don't want to get morbid, but you'll find them in the cemetery because. Too many people take what they were supposed to do with them. And interestingly enough, you talked about individuality and you talked about groups. All too often, we let our self-talk beat us up. We don't have to let other people beat us up. We do a good enough job on our own. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I, remember, I remember back to when I was uh, in infantry school and, and there were other occasions where this happened – um, where we were on the uh, leadership reaction course, and you know we had good intentions. We knew that we wanted to finish the doggone thing so we get back to to the mess hall or, or go go and relax. But we had to perform some obstacles, and we had no clue how these obstacles were going to be accomplished. But because we we intentionally interacted as a group. We came up with a solution. Now, it might not be the textbook solution, but it might have been a solution that was going to end up getting put in the textbook because um, of the way that we went about doing that. But I, I, just, I just want to stress we've got to stop letting our own self-talk, our gremlin, beat us up. I think the inter- interesting thing, too, is when you wake up with intentions, so you know what's coming the next day, you plan ahead the next night, it builds energy. And as you take small steps to, oh, say, have a conversation with someone you in your family you haven't spoken with, so if you make that decision to intentionally call them, you feel good about that. So tiny, small steps lead to greater steps and more understanding of intentionally using the time that we are each given. No matter what, at the stroke of midnight, wherever you are, you get 24 new fresh hours. And it's up to you how you choose to use them. Bob, you have 30 seconds. We get 24 new hours, hopefully. And so it's so important to make every one of those moments count. When, when we were in Guatemala, we learned a song, and in there it had the lines, the future, uh, yesterday and now. We're going to have to hold the song because we're going on break, but we'll have you sing when we get back. I'm this holding Military my Network Radio, and we'll be right back. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children ages 24 to 18 who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. 
Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, she'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. The U.S. sure has experienced torrential thunderstorms, lightning, and flooding recently. Thunderstorms, otherwise known as cockeyed bobs, can be pretty scary. What's the fear of thunder and lightning called? Astrophobia. Years ago, Roy Sullivan, a Virginia Park Ranger, was struck by lightning seven different times and lived to tell about it. Lightning struck his head through his hat, set his hair on fire, and burned his eyebrows off. The current from the lightning traveled through both legs and blew his shoes off. The final lightning bolt hit him while fishing, and he was hospitalized for chest and stomach burns. Believe it or not, Roy Sullivan managed to recover from seven lightning strikes, but later died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound as a result of loneliness, otherwise known as azagophrenia. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Justin, you and I were talking on the break about the growth of technology and how it is meant to make us more interconnected, but in many ways um, we are more isolated than ever. And we were talking about the importance of groups and camaraderie and in the military. I'm going to let you ask your question to Bob. Yeah, thanks, Linda, because it, it is interesting. As we've gotten more sophisticated technologically, I, I feel, and I imagine a lot of others feel, too, it's led to a breakdown in communication even within our families, but even among strangers or, or even friends. Like most people you walk past on a subway or on the street have headphones in. Very few people, like Bob said, smile at each other and say good morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and related to that, a lot of veterans are sort of summers and they go out. If you ask them what they miss most about the military, they say the camaraderie and being part of a team. And so I think that's a problem in today's society. So, Bob, I want to hear what you think about that and how it relates to intentional living. Well, I couldn't agree with you more because, again, going back to everyone communicates but few connect, what I was able to learn is that in our communication, only 7% of the spoken word is actually uh, absorbed by those that we're communicating to. Everything else is coming through our mannerisms and, and the physiology of what we're trying to say. Yeah. And, you can, and you can appreciate that when you're texting and emailing, that, that 7% goes literally down <laughs> to almost zero. Yeah. Um, again, going back to the saying hello to people, hello to people, because I, invariably when I – Run into some people, I'll, I'll ask them, how may I serve you today? And you know what? They, they actually stop and have to do double think. Mm-hmm. What the heck is he doing? Yeah, how may I serve you today? Um, we, we are living in a world right now where there's a lot of noise out there. There literally is a lot of noise. And I, you know, not getting into too many uh, technological uh, speaking here, but we've got radio waves and all sorts of waves going through us. I mean, if, if, we, had, if we had a, uh, a dial on us, we could probably tune in this show right now because of, of all the waves that are going through us. And, 
and we we have to find a way to bring it back. We have to find a way to get that one-on-one connection. Um, so it's it, it is it is a question of being uncomfortable in the beginning, and then it becomes second nature. But not everybody I say hello to says hello back. Mm-hmm. But I keep on keeping on, and I'm wearing them down. <laughs> Kill them with kindness. Huh? <laughs> I I think that that is is very true. But I my children constantly criticize me because they say, "Do you have to talk to everyone?" And my answer is yes. There's never a stranger that I haven't met, because I I do find that I crave the personal connections with people, even if it's in the grocery store line or, um, you know, waving someone through in the intersection when you're driving. I think that these connections bring us back to touching one another's lives in a way that matters. And I think we all need to know that we matter. So using our time wisely, um, prioritizing how we use our time, communicating well with others, to me, those are all parts of using this time that we cannot borrow, buy, steal, you know, tuck away uh, in the best way possible. So uh, that's, that's my view of it. Bob, you mentioned that um, part of, of intentional living is, is being part of groups and identifying uh, group mm-hmm. organizations that you want to be a part of. So how, how do we do that? How do we find other similarly-minded people around us? Well, you know, uh, everybody does belong to uh, organizations, and it can be simply a matter of going on the Internet and looking for an organization that you think you might like to be a part of. Uh, there, there are groups out there like the Rotary and Kiwanis. Um, uh, there, there's that speaking group, uh, Toastmasters. There are all sorts of organizations out there, but you know what? I, I would think the best thing to do is to just have a conversation uh, with with the person that you know, and you'd be surprised that some of them will come back and say, you're thinking of that too? I was thinking about that mm-hmm. the other day. Why don't we – and the sentence can be completed by, by each of them um, – I, I am so much – I was so much older than I am younger than that now. Uh, it's not a question that I realize that, you know, see, while I'm getting older, it's, it's, it's a count up and it's a count down. And when I wake up each morning, one of the first things I say is, thank you. Obviously, you didn't call me last night, so there must still be something you want me to do today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm new in New York. I just, my wife and I just moved here in August, and, and so I'm, I'm trying to meet other service members out here. And I thought about uh, talking to some friends of mine to host a social event where um, to have an intelligent, polite, civilized discussion, maybe on a monthly basis, on current events. And because veterans are a microcosm of society, we all have different viewpoints. And I thought that might be a good way for um, to have a guest speaker come in, and then we have. A, a very civilized discussion about it, and so we're probably going to push forward on that. And I think uh, I think uh, scenarios like that could really help people get more connected with whatever whatever kind of group you're interested in. I, I I couldn't agree more with you because as you were saying that, I was reminded we in the military are a family. 
That's we're right. T- we're tight with each other, and it doesn't matter what branch of the service. Right. We're family, and and what better way to get things accomplished intentionally is to hook up with family. Well, and I think the the effects of being around your peers, being around those who understand you, speak the language, have experienced the military culture and life, really does add color to your life. And so, Justin, that's a terrific thing that you're going to be doing. Makes sense. Yeah, I, you know, anyone can do it with whatever group they're in, and because you want to be around people that you're comfortable with. But I'm, you know, I have my own political views. I'm interested to hear what other people have to say on the other side, whatever the topic is: gun control, Syrian refugees, whatever it is. As long as it's polite and, and amicable, and not, you know, the, the opposite. And I think <laughs> the military, we can do That's that. A, we respect well, each other. It's a good idea. It's, Linda, it's a very good Linda. idea. Linda, we have we have just such a short time left, and you know Justin's been asking me questions, but I would love to ask Justin a question. Oh, please go ahead. What is your vision? My, my vision. I mean, I have personal and professional visions, and I, I, you know, I think personally, which is a more important one, is to uh, connect with folks, to share what I've learned, and, and to positively influence people. Um, based on my life experiences so far. At the same time, I want to continue growing, which is why I keep reading and watching webinars and TED Talks and stuff like that. But uh, at the end of the day, my vision is to be a better person. So you, you'll agree with me that you are looking to change your good intentions into intentional living. Exactly. lives it already. Right. And, and so – I, I want to kind of end with this before I turn it back over to you, Linda. I was watching this movie about Johnny Cash, Walk the, you know, Walk the Line. Yeah. And, and in there, I was captured by a line. And, and those of you that saw the movie, you'll remember that when he was auditioning in front of that record producer. Yeah. What is the one song that will tell everyone what you will be remembered for? And – you know, we, we've got to make the most of the time that we have been provided with because we're, we're not guaranteed. Yes, today is today and tomorrow's a promissory note. And going back to that song that I didn't sing when we had the, the, the last commercial, <laughs> the future started yesterday. Tomorrow starts now. And, of course, yesterday did end last night. But, you know, we've received today as a gift and mm-hmm. – what is it we want to be remembered for? I don't want us to go through life, and, and too many of us do, as ducks on a pond, and we look really good on that surface, but those feet are moving like lightning down underneath <laughs> yeah. that water. Um, and, and when we get tired of that pond because we, we, we get frustrated, we go find a new pond. And then we go find a new pond, and we go find a new pond. I want to encourage everyone that's listening uh, to this recording, this call, to be an eagle, to soar, to grow your wings on the way down, to, to not be afraid to leave that nest. You know, you're not going to find an eagle ever sitting on a pond. So... You know, there are two dates in your life that that have a major significance. And the first one was the day you were born, and thank God you were. 
But the second most important day is the day you find out what your why is. You need to cross that line. You can't just walk the line. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. You're, and, and you're right. I mean, obviously, the metaphor is the ego, but I couldn't agree more. I'm still picturing my song. I don't think I have a song I'd like to be remembered for. Justin, do you? <laughs> I don't know. How about Bads of the Bone? I'm going to go with Have I Told You Lately That I Love You Rod Stewart Uh, I I, I appreciate all of these steps and and I like the dialogue between all of you because I think that um, we we do need to make the most of the time that we have and I, I appreciate that the military gives you a culture that is really unmatched anywhere else and the two of you are, are very intentional in your living. And um, Justin, would you like to share anything from what you gave on Saturday with your TED Talk? Uh, well, not necessarily the TED Talk, but, you know, I, I would just say that I think uh, that people these days are looking to be inspired, they're looking for motivation, and it starts with them, as right. everything Bob's been talking about. And I know we're wrapping up here, but I just think for those of us who are in the military, we, we, have, we have advantages that other folks maybe not have because of the basic training we learn and how we can attack problems and take ownership of what's in front of us. And so I think uh, we should fall back on that and feel comfortable knowing that we already have a firm platform under our feet just based on what we've done in the military, whatever it was. Well done. I, I, I agree. And, Bob, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we will be posting information about how to reach Bob on the uh, on our website. And Bob, thank you for taking an hour of your time and your life to be with us today, especially from Bermuda. We're Military Network Radio, and we will talk to you next week. It's been a pleasure spending time with you today. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com. And in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance your